You're listening to Run, R-U-N, Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello and welcome to the Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, and I am so glad you decided to run with me today. What a great time we live in to see God move. A great opportunity is before us to see God move in our lifetime. We're going to talk about everything revival on this podcast today and other days. So you want to tell your friends, because you know what? Your friend might be the next leader of a great move of God. You might be the leader of a move of God. I know because I was minding my own business. If you heard the last podcast, I was minding my own business, uh, never expecting to do anything. In fact, I had come to the point in my own ministry as a pastor where I thought maybe, I thought God was finished with me. I even told my wife, Kathy, I said, Kathy, I think God's finished with me. Imagine a person that, that believes God's finished with them, suddenly struck with the power of God, ministering in a town, population 532 people, Smithton, Missouri, and it would explode over the next few years until, as I said, the St. Louis Chronicle, uh, I think that was the paper, maybe that was San Francisco Chronicle, but it was, oh yeah, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, that's what it was, estimated that a quarter of a million people because uh, an article from Saint, the, the San Francisco Chronicle did an article too. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch said a quarter of a million people came through the doors of that place over, over those three years, from 1996 to 1999, up about three and a half years. Now, it could have been some of the same people, same visitors, whatever, but that was their estimate. And so sometimes we quote that number. And all of a sudden, an unknown, as I was in this small town, is thrust into a national, then international, then I'm flying around the world, I'm on all the TV programs. I became a leader. In fact, the pastor, I preached all the sermons for three and a half years. We had services five days a week. You see, this isn't just a, we're not talking here about just a weekend meeting or something like that. Imagine a move of God so powerful that you could have five days a week and people would come from all over the world. You name a nation, they came and they would just show up. I'd, I'd be there and in the town, that tiny little town, a busload of people from Singapore or Korea or Europe or whatever would be there and we wouldn't even know they were coming. They'd come from Australia, halfway around the world. And all of a sudden, they'd be sitting in the service expecting to be touched by the power of God. You can read about the Smithton outpouring and uh, how God just struck me. You know, I I thought God was done. I walked into that service and lightning. Yeah, like lightning. God struck me, energized me. There was such energy. It's like my whole life of my past lifted off off of me and I became another person. Well, that's scriptural, a new creation. I just had never experienced to that degree before. And suddenly, we're in the middle of this great move of God. Now, that's not the only time. That was 1996. If we have time, we'll talk about, we'll be talking about uh, what happened in 2008, too, which turned out to be the Kansas City revival, which was really a surprise to me. So, I'm going to be talking about running uh, the race 
and God coming and reviving us now. And that's what revival is. Maybe we should take a minute and define revival because a lot of people have an idea of what revival is. Maybe it's a meeting in the fall or spring of the church or most people make the mistake of turning a revival into an evangelistic campaign. And really that's impossible with our theology, although evangelism is important, but really what they're talking about is a great awakening. When people wake up to life, uh, that's a great awakening. Revival uh, is something else because it's, it's really impossible in our theology and in the way we study the Bible to revive somebody that's dead in their sins and trespasses. So we say they're dead in their sins and trespasses. Well, we, can't, we don't want to revive that. They need to be born again. They need to start over. They need a second birth. So we understand that people do get born again during great moves of God and, re- and a revival and a move of God, and we want them to be. But a true revival is taking people who have already experienced Jesus but somehow lost the connection with God, and the, they just let the life go out. And it's, it's their own fault. You know, the Bible talks about uh, some people, the cares of the world can choke the word of God out or persecution or whatever, and people kind of drift off. And, and, and I found out, too, in a lot of these places where they count heads and say this many people were saved and that many people were saved, and we had a great evangelistic campaign. And if you kind of study it, you, you find out that what they're really talking about is th- that was not the first time they ever prayed the prayer. These are people that really are wanting revival. Now, we count them as being saved uh, because they're starting over and they prayed the prayer with us and they prayed the salvation prayer with us. But most of the time you'll find out they're not first-time prayer people. They've prayed it before, they lost contact with God, and now they've decided they want to have that revived in their life. Now, certainly we have first-time ones come, but it just... that So revival is life coming to the half-dead. Renewed life to the half-dead. They're not fully dead because they, they came to Jesus, they believed and all that, but they've let death or they've let life uh, get out of them and circumstances or whatever, and so there they are sitting in church. And we got millions and millions and millions of people that sit in church every week and they need to experience the presence and power of God. And when we lose that, it's up to the people of God to cry out and say, we want to experience the presence and power of God. Will you revive us now? And so that's why I want you to run with me because I believe God is raising up leaders of the next great move of God, and you might be one, because everybody, listen, everybody deserves to experience the power of God. You'll never know who you're supposed to be. You'll never know what makes you happy. You'll never know what your future holds until you experience the presence and power of God. Now, if after that you don't want to have anything to do with God, all right, you want to live this lifestyle or that lifestyle, okay, but it's not right for you to decide, well, this, what, this is what makes me happy or this is my lifestyle when you've never experienced the life-giving uh, power of the glory and the presence of God. As I described it last time, you know, it, it's, not, uh, it's, not insp- it's not an inspirational moment. You've been in a lot of services and heard sermons where you feel inspired, you know, and it's inspirational. Listen, what happened to me was unimaginable. 
and people came from all over the world. You can't get people uh, to travel all the way around the world. In fact, it wouldn't be right to have them travel all the way around the world and sit in a service like most churches today. It's, it's good. It's good worship in a lot of them, and there's good preaching in a lot of them, but would it be worth a, a ticket from halfway around the world and staying in hotels and bringing a group? And No, it, there'd have to be something. And in fact, they would stay for days, and some would stay for longer than days and be touched by the power of God so changed. And so we need an outpouring. We are in a time when I think we're beyond revival. Possibly we're entering into the age of survival. If Christianity is going to survive, it's got to have God come down. We've got to have God attending our churches. And right now, you'll notice most people are kind of in the hang-on period. You know, they're just hanging on, trying to get through, trying to believe that God loves them, trying to believe that that uh, He forgives them. But this is overrides. Th- this is a power that overrides. It's so unimaginable that it comes, and you need to experience it. But more than that, there needs to be leaders that help people experience it, and that's why I want to talk about God reviving us and talking to you and having you run with me. And so so I became the pastor without even expecting it and the leader of what was called the Smithton Outpouring. It's been written about in books and scholarly books and magazines and newspapers, you know, all, a, a lot of them. And and uh, we had those five services. I preached those. I traveled and preached and preached and preached. And uh, the services were long, you know. We'd show up at six and everybody else would get in the building at seven. And by 10, we're still going at 1030. And sometimes people still be there to clear at midnight uh, on the prayer floor, so struck by the power of God. And this went on for three and a half years. And uh, just about. And so that's what I'm talking about here, to lead that. There's not very many people alive that have led long-term revivals where it was day after day after day after day, the presence and power of God was there, and people came from all over the world. On the last podcast, I had had a soundbite from Sid Roth and his great ministry, It's Supernatural. He stood in the street and said, what would draw thousands to this little place? And uh, so he and others were touched and changed, and it was called the Smithton, the Smithton Outpouring, the unimaginable power and presence of God that changes you forever if you want to stay changed. So a revival is not just having better church. It's not longer church. It's not louder church. It's, it's the presence that is beyond humanity. Uh, as I said last time, something not of me happened in me and then through me and it and it and it began to pour out and and I would pray for people and they'd just be struck and changed I go what what did I do? What did I do differently and they they and they would experience kind of what happened to me, but it, you know everybody's different but and similar things and they'd experience that well. That went on until 1999, and we outgrew the town in different circumstances, caused us to need to move to Kansas City. And uh, a lot of people don't know that story of wanting to move. I mean, I didn't plan on the congregation moving. I just was going to move, if those those that really know the story. I said, I'm moving, and we'll take the secretary and, and, and the worship leader, and then we'll keep the Smithton Church open and the congregation open. Well, that's what I was going to do, but all these people... They said, well, if you're leaving, we're leaving. 
So 68 families, I think it was, decided they were going to move to Kansas City too. Well, that didn't leave very many left over, but I tried to keep the church open. Uh, like they don't know that I did that. And I tried to give the church to the people. And I tried to, I talked to Rodney Howard Brown and said, do you have a pastor? Help send a pastor. I talked to, to, to Pat Robertson. I went to Pat Robertson and said, what am I supposed to do with this? Nobody will take it. I'm trying to, and I tried to give it away. I said, I'll give you the church just like it was given to me. And nobody would take it. Nobody wanted it. And finally, then of course, we, we just had to close it down because it just like it was closed before. And, uh, and, and uh, so we moved to Kansas City, and then eventually the city of Smithton bought it, and they did whatever they wanted to do with it, uh, because there was no congregation that wanted to participate at that time. And, and uh, so we moved to Kansas City and went on, and then 9-11 happened, and it just sort of shut everything down, all the airports down and everything. And we began to build the church and experience good church, you know, not, not good enough, but good. And we built our buildings, we bought land and built buildings and built the sanctuary and built the House of Hope and Healing, which is a 24-hour prayer ministry, and built the education wing with a gymnasium, kind of like churches do, and church was good. And, and it went on, and, but there was still that memory of when the glory of God was there and we were so changed and people came from all over the world, you know, but I thought I'd had my turn. I'd had my turn. I got to lead it and never experienced, never expected anything more. And one night I just got up, you know, and I was just a little frustrated with the worship. I wanted it to be deeper and better. And I've been coaching and talking to people in and out of the services, how to make it better. And it just seemed like the spirit of God said, get up and coach the people into my presence. Well, I did. And I just started talking about the presence of God and the glory of God and worshiping God and the and all of a sudden it's like the pace, the pace of God at that time, just the pace of the spirit of God began to pick up and pick up and pick up. And we kind of knew it, but we came back the next week and it was even picked up even more. And after two or three weeks, I had some people come up to me and said, you know, something's happened something's changed. So we just began to keep going, and, and pretty soon uh, we'd have these powerful prayer, and I, I began to have all these, I brought all these drums in, you know, like war drums in, and we'd play those drums and worship God, and God began to stir. And we had, to, we, we had had Saturday night church, but we now we were having fellowship groups. Well, we added Saturday night church back again, so now we're going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I went down to uh, Daystar Television Network and had a book that I was supposed to be interviewed about, which had nothing to do with the revival. And they had a little time left at the end. And I brought a little video with me that I, I didn't make for them. I, met, I made it for their prayer department. So I was asked by one of my friends, could you just make some video of what's going on during prayer time mostly and testimony time and prayer time and share it with our prayer, our prayer ministry at Daystar Television Network, which I did prior to the TV show. So they were all buzzing about that. Well, at the end of the TV show, there was a little bit of time left, and somebody got the idea, so well, show that video that he brought with him, because we had a little time left. So they showed it, and after it was done, uh, you know, uh, you know, Marcus Lamb, he just said, well, you know what I'm going to do? I want to send a truck and a satellite dish up there, and we want you to have revival on Friday night live, 90 minutes live church. 
Now, live church means you don't get to do it over. And all of a sudden, they, they brought their truck up in December of that year, and there was their satellite dish, and uh, and uh, and they said, have church, and at 7 o'clock, bam, you know. And was it like a television program? Sort of, because we had 90 minutes to do it in. And before, we just had all the time we wanted. So we had to plan, and we had to say, how long is worship going to go, and like that. But But it was great. We just threw our hearts into it, you know, and... The biggest part about it is it went into 200 nations. And so now we're touching more people and not even leaving the building than we were in the Smith and Outpouring, which was great. And then all of a sudden, people from all over the world started coming again. You that came, a lot of you moved here because of it, and people started coming and, and attending, and they travel from all over the world. And I met new people, and uh, we still have great friends from that that revival, and it became the Kansas City Revival, and it went almost about three years. I, not quite, I think, if they tell me that, but every, and it went th- Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but Friday night, we were live, 90-minute live, on the Daystar Television Network, and that threw us into that. Well, enough of me talking about past, because we want to talk about future, and the future thing, because right now, America needs a fresh move of God, don't we? Our churches need it in order for even now pastors are getting together, scratching their heads. How are we supposed to have church? How are we supposed to have church with all the things, all the circumstances? And we're streaming our services and some come and some won't let, some can't even have a congregation anymore and some can. How do we have church? Well, they're strategizing and coming up and great ideas and coming up with how you do this and how you attract that. That's all good. But there's nothing more attractive than God attending our churches, God showing up, right? All of a sudden, the presence, the power, there's something of God, a greater measure happening. And I think, I know it can, I know it can go through those cameras and through streaming and get into people's homes because we did it in 200 nations for almost three years. But being in the service itself, no comparison, so that's what I want to see is when, <coughs> excuse me, when we are able to open these services again and have the crowds back again, not just our place, but places all over the world. And God begins to move because we're going to have to. We're in such shape now that if God doesn't start coming down and ripping open the heavens, we're going to be in trouble as a church because there's anti-church movements, anti-Christian movements. I was just reading about them in the uh, book of Revelation the persecution that was facing so many of those uh, people and how God was saying, you're going to have to strengthen and return to your first love if you're going to survive what's coming. And we need to return to our first love and, uh, and, and become the people of God and experience God. So how do we get revival? I want to talk to you about that because, uh, you know, it struck me like lightning. It was like a lightning bolt from heaven. Well, how did that happen? Well, we got to back up, which I did the other podcast, clear back to when I first heard about revival and the Smithton property and church were given to me, just do whatever. And it took me 12 years of preaching and finally God struck. But the main thing that brings revival is desire, strong determination and desire. You got to want God to come in greater measure more than you want something else. And that's 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 a big competition, you see. Uh, when that uh, the rich young ruler in the Bible, you know, and God, Jesus said, "Sell, you know, all that you have." 
uh, it was because he needed to get rid of what was competing. Because God, God was offering him to be, you know, God was giving him a great offer to be a disciple. Jesus said he could follow him. And, uh, but there was a competition. Right now, you know, we could have a great move of God, but there's so much competition. We've got so much entertainment. I know we can't go to the movies anymore and hardly can go to restaurants anymore at this time in history. But then, but there's so much entertainment still in our phones and everything, so distracted. And so the pastors, the leaders, the denominations, and the people have to say, enough, enough of this. I want to know the living God. I want to know Christ. I want to experience the life of the Holy Spirit filling and moving. And so it, it begins with desire. You see, when you want, and I want, we want, the presence and glory and power of God, like not just the Smith and Outpouring or the Kansas City Revival, but you can read about the Welsh Revival or other revivals and see how they were just overtaken by the power of God. Uh, the Cane Ridge Revival, overtaken by the power of God. Then you just say, oh, that's what I want. You just decide, is that what you want? Do you want to experience the presence, the glory, the power of God that's unimaginable, that changes you, and you see other people so changed, so delivered? We saw people, you know, multiple personalities delivered and demonic powers just lift off of people that had tried to get help for years and years. And then not only do we have to have desire, because that's the main thing, I've... Uh, <laughs> I've seen people say they were they were desperate for God, you know, and I'd, I'd have an altar call over all those years. I'd go to different countries and I'd preach at pastor things, you know, and there'd be 500 pastors there or whatever number. And I'd say, if you're really desperate for revival, really desperate for the presence and power of God, come up and I'll pray for you. And they'd come up, you know, and they'd just sort of stand there with their hands halfway up and just staring and, oh, God, oh, Lord. And 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 then they'd ask me, said, well, how come my church doesn't worship like your church does? And how come God doesn't show up like he does in the excitement and intensity like he does in your church? And I thought, well, look at you. You know, you need to be a leader and lead. Start leading this. Let whatever you want to happen in your church, let it happen to you. And uh, and so they'd say they were desperate, but they just sort of stood there, you know. Well, when I was desperate, I mean, I, I despaired of life itself. I said, God, if you don't come down and change me, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go preach and have a ministry. I don't care how big it gets or small or whatever. I don't care whether I ever have a ministry again. I just got to have you. And I know some of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Strong desire. When you want to experience the glory and power of God where heaven opens and comes down on you or your church or your pastor or you, maybe you are the pastor or your family, whatever, when you want that more than you want anything else, you will get that presence and power as you seek and you knock and you pray. The next thing we need, though, is not only desire, we need a destination. God's got to land somewhere. It's, it's like people think he, the Holy Spirit just flies around and things happen. You've got to have a destination. We've got to have a group of people. In my opinion, it's nice to have a group. But, you know, if, if many, many moves of God start with an individual and then spreads to a group. And the Holy Spirit's got to land somewhere. 
And I told God, I said, listen, if you'll ever give me another chance, if you will give me a second chance or a third chance, whatever, God, if you will ever touch me, if you'll ever do anything with me, I'll give my total self to it. I will give everything I've got to you if you'll ever give me another chance. So I already decided if he ever did anything, that's it for me. And he did. He did. On that Sunday night, March 24th, 1996, at 6.12 p.m., the power of God struck, and I became a different person. I did. I became a different person. My personality changed. Everything about me changed. And my preaching changed. And suddenly, because I changed, and I was so on fire for God, and I was so overflowing, people wanted to hear me preach. People wanted me to pray for him. They said, whatever he's got, I want to get it. I want what he's got. And that's what I want for you. See, God is looking for leaders of the next move of God. And you just need to get it yourself. You just need to get it yourself. You, you lead by becoming it and then lead the way and become a leader of the next great move of God. And so that's what happened to me anyway. And so I got a second time. When that happened in 2008... I just was shocked. I said, I've already had a move. I never expected people to come from all over the world again. And they did. But they did. And and uh, and I, we were seen all over the world, and they came all from all over the world. And even today, people still talk about it. They still talk about how they were touched and how they were changed, whether it be back, clear back in the Smithton Outpouring or the Kansas City Revival. There you go. Well, I believe God's going to do it again. Now, what's my role going to be? I don't know. My role might just be encouraging you to become a leader in the next great move of God. So would you tell your friends? Will you tell them about this podcast? Because this is different. This is looking, this is looking for people. This is the Holy Spirit looking and searching and going across the face of the earth, looking for people that are willing to step into the role of a lifetime. And so I'm looking for those people. I'm preaching to those people. I'm inspiring people to go from the inspirational to the unimaginable presence and power and glory of God. Well, I want to thank you for running with me today and and that you just, the desire for God is just growing in you and the hunger for God. And so in, until next time, look for me next time. Until next time, continue to run with me till God breaks open the heavens and comes down. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.